0: Hey sports fans, welcome in to Mik'ed Up. I'm your host, Kaylee Mizell. Miked Up is brought to you by International Diamond Center, your local diamond experts since 1981. Today on the podcast, we have Brian Anderson. We talk about Ray's baseball, his career, the Terminator, and more as we get ready for Ray's opening day on Bally Sports Sun. And you can watch the extended pregame show starting at two o'clock on Bally Sports Sun. Plus, I am going live from the field during batting practice with Doug Wector. Don't miss it on our Bally Sports social channels. Before we get into the podcast, here's a word from our sponsor.
1: A lot of people talk about clarity, they talk about color, they talk about the size. The cut is the most important. International Diamond Center owner Keith LeClaire talks about the most important of the four C's, the cut. The way the diamond is cut is 60% of the value. Keith says it's like comparing two men who weigh the same but don't look at all alike. One may look like Tim Tebow and the other one looks like me. I highly recommend you stay with Tebow. (laughs) International Diamond Center. Buy the one that looks like Tim Tebow.
0: Hey, sports fans. Uh, I have Brian Anderson in the don't studio. Don't say my name like
2: that. You're, you're saying my name as if it's way too important. Like You are
0: important. It is the <laughs> BA in studio. People love you. I know you're not online and you don't like see the Twitter, um, you know, like the Twitterverse and everything. But people love you. Well, They're good. going to eat this up. I know that you fans are so excited to talk Rays Baseball opening day baseball wide today. But Rays open tomorrow. Uh, with the Orioles, and you're going to be on the game. So yep. we're going to talk a little bit of baseball. We're going to talk a little bit about you, and uh, let's get into it. So first, before we get too much into the Rays, I want you ta- to take me back to a younger Brian Anderson. Ooh. Tell me, when did you know you were good enough at baseball, at throwing a ball, to to do it like professionally, to get
2: paid to throw a ball? You know what? Uh, that's It's funny because I can remember – well, I, I shouldn't say I can remember. I go back to when I was two, three, four years old. I look at home movies. Yeah. And my dad loved baseball, loved sports. Yeah. But he loved baseball, and so I've I've looked at home movies of myself in a full windup throwing a ball at like two years old. No. Yeah. Full windup. Full windup. So too. It
0: was, was kind of like a natural yeah, thing. Yeah.
2: And so and I loved it too. I loved the sport. That's what I did. We grew up kind of out in the country um, and had some land. We we where I grew up, we had our house and then maybe maybe 30 yards, and then my dad had a, a mom-and-pop tire business that yeah. he ran right there. And so we had, and we lived on 11 acres, and so I just played baseball all day long during the summer. That's what I did. That's what I loved. And my thought always growing up was that I was going to play professional baseball. It, there was never another – I mean, there was never a doubt in my mind. There was, was never
0: a backup plan.
2: no. Well, I mean, I I did well in school because if I didn't, I got cracked when I got home. So I made sure I kept my grades up because I was capable of doing that so that I was held to a, you know, a high standard. standard, Yeah. Yeah. And so I was, I did well in school and, and I guess, you know, there were things I was interested in away from the baseball field, but my thought process was I'm playing major league baseball. I will tell you this. I had one time in my life and it's funny because this came up uh, on a show that I did about a week ago where they asked me, did you ever doubt? And, and I said, it, quite frankly, I did one time. Okay. One time. When I watched the way that kids progress nowadays playing baseball, you know, they start, let's say they're in Little League, ages 10 to 12. You're playing on a field where you've got four, you pitch from 45 feet and the baselines are, are 60 feet. And so that's, you know, that's what you play 10, 11, 12. Yep. Then all of a sudden you go 13, 14, and maybe the baselines are 70 feet and changes. you pitch from 50 feet. You know yeah. the changes are gradual. Yeah. When I was growing up, there were no gradual changes. <laughs> so when I'm 12 years old, I was pitching from 45 feet and I was running up the baseline 60 feet. Yeah. Now I turn 13. I go into senior league.
0: All of a sudden.
2: Sixty feet, six yep. inches. Ninety foot baselines and there was a two and I was little. I, I was a late bloomer. I, yeah. I really came, you know, I grew into my body and got bigger, stronger, and and came on the the radar as far as you know professional scouting I'm and all still that. growing into my body. When I, so I mean <laughs> that's it's exactly a late right. bloomer, right? <laughs> yes. in um, and, and that was in college. So I was always small growing up. So from twelve to thirteen, going from the little league field to the senior league field, I looked difference. around, it's a huge difference. And I thought to myself, there was about a two-week span that I said, maybe I'm not going to play professional baseball because this field's way too big. It was way too. I mean, your fear, my biggest, I'll never forget this, my biggest fear was getting a base hit to right field. I get goosebumps even talking about it. You really are. Getting a base hit to right field and getting thrown out at first base.
0: Oh, because because it's so much enough. longer, yeah.
2: and I, you know, I was I'm 12 to 13. It's not like I got that much more powerful. Yeah. And a base hit to right field. There's a play at first because you had to run 90 feet, not 60 feet. Yeah. So that's real. Uh, yeah. So the bottom line was, like I said, about a two week span that I thought, man, maybe maybe professional baseball maybe not. is not going to happen. Once I got acclimated to the field and you kind of grow into it mentally, maybe yeah. not physically, but mentally, then it was like, oh yeah yeah, I'm playing pro ball. And that, that, was the, that was the goal, and it turned out that that it happened. Do you
0: think that um, that same kind of, like, intense shift from 12 to 13-year-olds, do you think that there's that in, like, the minor leagues as well? We, we often talk, like, you know, like, you see guys in, like, double A, and, like, it kind of feels like the testing grounds. Like, mm-hmm. can you actually make it as a professional baseball player if you go from high A to double A? Like, it's a it's a pretty big test. Do you, would you like make that same kind of like comparison or like, is there another comparison? Do you think like it's, it's coming to the bigs? It's, it's at a certain point in the minor leagues.
2: No, you know, I, I think that there's a lot to that because yeah. I think, you know, as you come in, you know, maybe you start in rookie ball or, or low a
0: short season, something like that,
2: something like that. And then all of a sudden there is a, um, you know, there's a proving ground yep and you all of a sudden, because now everybody's a professional. In low A, short season, all that. Everybody's a pro at that point. And so now it's the proving ground and you start to see the cream rise. And I think that once you're able to get into double A, you've got a real chance. You know, you've, you've passed a couple of levels. That's, that's big. Now you got a couple more to go, and they're they're a lot more difficult. But you've gotten this far, yeah. so obviously the, there's something that the you organization likes about you. Yes, you have something. Yeah. Um. And then at, at from that AA level where the game really starts to be fine tuned, and and it, it starts to resemble more of what the big leagues look like. Like plays get made, athleticism. There's, you know, you're starting to separate yourself. Yeah. So once you get there, yeah, then it's about performing. Performing continuing to work on your game, showing the attributes that got you there. Now can you be consistent enough to make it up the next two levels? You know, once you get triple A you're a phone call away. Yeah. But double A is where you start to separate yourself. And and that's a that's a that's a great point that you I never really thought about it that way, but but Talking through it, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good level because you know, there's a couple below you, still a couple up here, but yep. you're close.
0: Yeah, you're close for sure. Well, and the and what we've seen with the Rays is they've they've had a lot of great guys come through and prove themselves in the minors, and then get that phone call. Yeah, in, into the big leagues. So kind of transitioning and talk into talking about the Rays. Why, why do you think that their farm system, the way that they're developing these players, why do you think that they're able to acquire really, really good talent and then continue to develop really good talent that we see in the big leagues?
2: Well, the the minor league side player development has been prioritized. Yeah. So the Rays have been smart enough to realize over the years that we can't compete and go toe-to-toe with the Yankees and the Red Sox the way they do things. We can't try to build the same ty- kind of lineups. We can't try and play the game the same way. And that's why you've seen the Rays you know, consistently outflank the Yankees and the Red Sox trying to stay one step ahead of them, being creative, being versatile. They've done things in a different way. The openers, uh, you know, the shifts, the platooning, all of the things that the Rays do to be able to compete with the big boys. Who's gonna? They're gonna spend a lot of money. They're gonna put out a big, you know, a big name lineup with, with household names, of big name players who make a lot of money, and they're gonna try to bash you into oblivion. And the Rays are just gonna try to sneak. Sneak, sneak, take a shot here, take a shot there, and it works. It's very strategic. It is very strategic, and it works. And they also realize in order to do that, we aren't going to be able to go out and spend the big bucks Mm -hmm. on the free agents. So guess what we have to do? We have to develop. We have to develop, and when we we do make trades, we can't miss on these trades, which means the young kids that we're going to bring over in a trade – we have to know everything about them so they've prioritized that down below in the minor leagues and in player development they know what they're looking for they know the attributes that they want and they have really good people down there to make sure that that these guys come in and are taught properly and so as they move through the system and they don't move up the ladder unless they deserve it yep. they don't move up just because they were a high draft pick and and they're you know the organization feels pressure to have to move them up. No, yeah. you, you go to the next level when you deserve it. Exactly. And the next one when you're ready and when you deserve it and when you're ready. And by the time they get to the big leagues, for the most part, it's go time. Yeah. Now, you do have some guys that will bounce back and forth. That's another way the Rays stay creative. But, well, I
0: mean, especially with injuries and stuff that yeah. they've faced. You know what I mean? That that's that's uh, If you have a guy that's ready enough or, you know what I mean, like ready to get that chance, but then – you know, you don't want to keep them on the 40 man the entire season. It's pretty creative to do that.
2: Yeah, no, And that's what I mean, that's a great word when describing the Rays as an organization. Yeah. They are creative top sure. to bottom. The way that they scout players, the way that they, uh, you know, basically build a roster, the way that they play the game, the strategy that goes into how they, you know, work a game. Everything is done with the idea of being creative. And I'll tell you it works. This is a team that without a lot of household names, you know, we know who they are. Yeah. And we know that they're good players all around. But I'm talking about nationally. When, when yeah. you talk to people nationally or you listen to national shows, there's not a lot of household names. I mean, people are confounded. How yeah. does the, the Tampa Bay Rays, how do the Tampa Bay Rays, how does this roster win a hundred games last year? They can't, they can't believe it, it that, because they don't know Especially these players. Especially with the
0: injuries that they've had, yes. they had last year, and yeah, and the, and the number years, of players yeah.
2: that yeah. they use
0: up and down, up and down, yeah,
2: up and down. I mean, yeah, you, you, I mean that's going to change obviously with the new CBA. There's no more; you can't it's, do it ten times now. You can yeah. do it five, yeah, but but not like the the Rays and some other teams have done it in in the past. But uh, it, it just is pretty remarkable how they have had the success as consistently as they as they've had with you know turning over the roster. You know, seemingly on a a year to year basis. And, you know, it it makes it interesting and fun for us. It's an athletic young team. You know, every year it feels like that. So it's uh, it's great to cover. But that creativity, that versatility that we talk about the players themselves, that's all the way through the organization. And that's how they stay relevant.
0: What are you hot on the Rays this year? Last year when I talked to Doug Wechter leading up to this season, he was like, I'm 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 really excited about our pitching, but I'm more excited this year than talking about last year about about the hitting. He was like, I really think that we've got a really strong set of hitters, you know, through the lineup. What are you when you look at the Rays? Uh, obviously there's going to be different elements and you need both. right? Mm-hmm. you need you need the hitting. Uh, you need uh, really great pitching, and you need a really great bullpen, right? Yep. Like that's what you need. All of those things
2: and defense. Yeah, and they prioritize that too. They definitely you know, they put athletes out in the field that sure. can go and get it.
0: Yeah, so you kind of need all of those things to to blast the season and to make a run in into the postseason into October. But what are you most excited about when you look at the Rays overall? You're like, this is the thing that is maybe like a little bit of a a thing that I'm kind of like, I'm getting excited about for tomorrow. It's a little, a little antsy.
2: You know, the, I'm going to go back with, to the offense. offense. I, 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 yeah, because the, I think the defense is going to take care of itself. Yep. You know, the, these guys, they work hard at it. They take pride in it. So defense is going to be there. It's too easy. It's too easy to talk about Ray's pitching. It is. You know, it really is. You think about the bullpen. And you think about the options that Kevin Cash is going to be able to have coming out of that pole pen, especially the first month of the season. You know, with that expanded roster from 26 to 28, you know, you're going to have a, a plethora of lefties down yep. there, righties coming out of that pen. You know, he's going to have a lot of each. So think about the lefties. You know, you're going to have Fleming. You've got Jalen Beeks. You've got Brooks Raley, um, You've got Jeffrey Springs. You know, that's four right there. Yeah. A- and then all different styles, Yeah, I was going to say
0: different styles, different velos, different angles. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like right. It's all oh, exactly what you yeah. mean
2: out here sliders yeah, big you know, fastballs what is
0: happening yeah, sliders is with sweeps, from?
2: sliders with depth you yes. know uh, you know change you know sinkers you know, Andrew Kittredge sinker uh, slider so, sorry
0: fans this entire podcast has been changed to talking about Ray's pitching for the next thirty no, minutes it, it, no no it, it really is
2: it really is the offense though that's too easy. Um, I think that the race starting rotation is interesting. Yeah. You know, we can get into that later, maybe. But but the offense, you know, this was an offense a season ago. I think they scored the second most runs in Major League Baseball. They did. They averaged five point three runs a game. And again, they did it without a lot of household names, but they platoon very well. Right-handed, left-handed, they, they'll they find a you know a, a, a hitter. Yandy Diaz yeah. crushes lefties. Okay, well, you're going to play against lefties. Yeah. G-Man Choi, you crush right, you're going to play against right. Th- that's a perfect uh, example yeah. of wh- how the Rays just thrive offensively. You think about their first base platoon. Yes. And then you look at those two guys and you look at their OPS. Yandy Diaz OPS against left-handed pitchers. Yeah, G-Man Choi's OPS against right-handed pitchers, and they're both very, very high. So there you go. You end up having a full first baseman that's going to put up good numbers for you. They do that at different positions all over the field, and they quietly go out and score a ton of runs relative to their peers.
0: Coming up, Brian Anderson talks about why the Rays are similar to the Terminator, but first, a word from International Diamond Center.
1: At IDC, you're going to see more diamonds than you ever imagined in one place at prices you never thought possible. IDC owner Keith LeClaire. Nobody's ever accused me of not having enough diamonds. We're talking 30 times the selection of ordinary jewelry stores, all at rock bottom, no middleman prices, right? We refuse to be beat on any diamond, any price, anywhere. Period. International Diamond Center. If you're in the market to buy a diamond and you don't come to IDC, you are nuts. <laughs>
0: Do you think, so last year we saw a lot of those runs coming in like late innings, right? Yeah. It was like, it was like after the fifth inning, after the sixth inning, the the, the percent, I don't remember it off my head, but it was like in, in, an insane percentage of like so many of the Rays runs have been scored in like the late innings. Do you think that that's something we're going to see
2: again? Ah, see, that's what I was going to, I was going to ask you, <laughs> do you feel that's sustainable? I don't know. I don't either. And, and, and those are some of the, it's not
0: something that they want. Right. When you talk to them about it, they were like, no, we want to start runs early. Right. But, but also, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? There is something to wearing down a starting pitcher. Right. And, and a lot of, uh, a lot of their opponents don't necessarily pull guys as fast as we pull our pitchers. Right. So you're going to get a lot of times a third look. At, at their pitchers. Or
2: their bullpens aren't as strong. Or
0: their bullpens their aren't as bu- strong. You know, their bullpens and are not so you the have bullpen. a little bit more, you know, push and leverage. Uh, I would say yep. from a strategic standpoint, it's, I mean, it makes sense that that's when they find their success.
2: I think the other thing that, that you factor in is it speaks to the character of the team. Yeah. These guys never quit. No. Th- that's the one thing. I don't care what the score is. There was a game last year where they were getting beat. I mean, like what was it, eighteen to one? Something <laughs> oh, absurd. Yes, and yes. like in the eighth it was like, or yeah, it ninth was like 12 inning,
0: something, and then it, and yeah. they
2: scored a ton of runs. Yeah. They were never going to win that game. But there was they, no chance. But they don't ever quit. Yeah. they're they're like the Terminator, <laughs> you know, the, the original Terminator. <laughs> when when my man at the end, when Arnold Schwarzenegger is is literally just down to yeah. he is, it, it, you know, just a like a robot. I yeah. mean, he's, he's a metal. He's like missing an eye. He's and got like and know, he's like
0: wires half coming of his, out.
2: Half of his lower half is gone, and he's still just crawling, crawling. Going for they, it. N- that's that is the Rays in a nutshell. They never stop, and and so. You know, th- there's always that belief that we're never out of it. We're never out of it, and then they're able to kind of break through late. Now, again, I don't know if that's the way that you want to live. I don't think that that's the way that you want to, exa- you know, do things. Is it is it a wonderful attribute? Yes. Is it sustainable? That's the question. That's you the know, question. a lot of times when teams are so clutch one year, that's kind of random, and then the yeah. next year there's a dip. So I wouldn't want to hang my hat on on being the best team after the sixth inning. Now I, I want to be the best team after the sixth inning, but I don't know if I want that to be my goal. Let's- you don't want to f-
0: have to fight and push and right. claw every single time. Right. I remember towards the end of the season, whenever that was becoming a little more prevalent, that they were having to that like, fight and claw and push, and and it was amazing, right? You said because it's like, yeah, you're watching this team never give up, and like that is. That's a heck of an attribute, right, in in, in a collective team, having everyone buy into this one idea and pushing towards this goal. But I also remember, uh, I remember Brandon Lau, like he, he was not happy with it. He like, I, I remember seeing him through <laughs> a, a stretch of games and he just like, you would look at him and he would do well and maybe even they would win. But the way that they won, you could just like see on his face, he was just like utterly frustrated with the way that they were going about this business yeah. about like winning late and, and having to p- put themselves in a position where they have to claw back they didn't want that they didn't like that and spe- specifically like he, he shows his emotions so you're gonna see it on his face yep. um, so I, I, seeing that knowing that I don't think that they want to put themselves in that position but what do they need to do in your perspective to to maybe like get out to some better starts this well, season. Oh,
2: maybe prioritize that. Hey, yeah. quick start, guys. Let, let, let's go out there and start working, you know, our at-bats from pitch number one. And th- yeah. I'm sure that they talk about that and do that already. Yeah. But I think that, you know, going back to what you were saying about Brandon, you know, y- listen, it's a bottom line business. Yeah. It's a bottom line game. Winning is the most important thing. You win, totally. you win ugly, you win, you know, smooth, and, and it's an easy night. That's all great. And that's the bottom line. But – Brandon and a lot of the other guys are smart enough to realize that playing that type of baseball where we pull it out at the end after we haven't hit so well earlier in the game and now we're going to score late against a lesser bullpen with lesser pitchers and do it that way. He's smart enough to realize while you're happy with the win, when we get into crunch time, pennant race into the playoffs and these bullpens are all very good, that's not a recipe to win. You, you know, in, in the playoffs, you, for the most part, you have the lead after five or six. All those bullpens shut you down. Yep. There's no coming back late. And so he's smart enough. Hey, look, glad we got the win. Can't keep playing like this Yeah. because when it counts and when it matters in October, that's not a way to do it. That's a way to get yourself out of the playoffs rather quickly. And so, you know, that's just being smart and understanding yeah that that this is not ideal yeah. especially where we when we get to where we want to be yeah. this isn't the way to do it
0: yeah and I think it, it, it they all want that right mm-hmm. like and you look at the you look at the way that the Rays have managed the offseason someone asked me the other day like Kaylee what do you think that the Rays are going to do this year and I was like I mean did you hear that they were like calling Freddie Freeman did you hear that they were like yeah. trying to spend did you hear that they were trying to do they want to win a world series That is what they want to do. And they're trying and they're making moves to be able to do that. So um, along those lines, what do you think of the recent moves? What do you think of Meadows leaving? What do you think of of what they're getting in return? What do you think of signing Manuel Margot uh, to an extension? What do you think of some of the moves that the Rays have done this offseason?
2: All fascinating. Yeah. All fascinating. Just, Just talking about those two. You know, you think about Manuel Margot. Um, obviously, the team loves him, loves his defense. You yep. know, loves him. You know, against left-handed pitching and and you know the athleticism, running the bases, a lot of things that that he he does very well. So they give him the the two-year 19 million dollar extension. You add that on to what I think 5.6 million this year. So that's 24.6 million for for the next three, three. years. Yeah. So um, you're not paying him that to be a like a, a platoony fourth outfielder type no he's gonna play yeah rosarain is gonna play he's oh, not yeah. coming out of the lineup you trade austin meadows who's been very productive for you but i think that the trade speaks more to how they feel about josh Lowe mm. than it does about austin meadows okay josh Lowe, i think they looked at him and said look this kid's ready
0: He's you know, ready. he's now.
2: ready again we talked about we them moving spurts, through the, yeah of him the, last
0: year yeah the yeah. minor
2: leagues yep he's earned the next promotion yeah and it's time yeah problem is we, we got a log jam in the outfield so we've got to make a move to be able to bring Josh Lowe to the big league so yeah. you know Austin Meadows is the guy that that gets moved to to Detroit so I think that speaks more about Josh so now in my opinion and, and in my thinking although every time I feel like I have an opinion about how the organization is run I, I'm I'm humbled because they do things that you're like oh, I thought I had it down and yeah, always surprising you. It
0: is always surprising. But you're
2: thinking Josh Lowe coming to the big leagues, he's not coming up to sit. No. He's going to come up. Okay, so now Manuel is playing that contract. That's a playing contract yes. for the Rays. A arena is playing. Yep. Josh Lowe is going to play. Yeah, Kevin Kiermeyer is just that now you start. Uh, that's four.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean we know the Rays will run out four outfielders every now and then, but usually one of them's an infielder, and it's only a defensive shift. Yeah, it's not four outfielders. So how that's managed by Kevin Cash will, will be, be fascinating.
0: Well, but 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 I mean they do also use the DH, right? Like that will be a, a, a crucial role for. Oh yeah, I know. mean
2: they're all going to get used, but then yeah. then yeah, I mean it's they, they've be got so many interchangeable moving parts. Yeah. That you're right. The DH is is one place Half where you can slide a guy yep. um, and and put him in. What fascinates me though is all of this that we talk about moving these guys around the yeah. chess pieces. It only works if the players buy in. Yeah. If someone takes the stance, look, I'm a left fielder and I'm playing left field. Uh oh. Uh oh. Then it doesn't work. No. Now there's a breakdown. Now there's. Bad clubhouse stuff, yeah, and it's not going to work. But the Rays, seemingly on the surface at least, all these guys have bought in. Yeah. They have all bought in, and it only works if there's buy-in. Yeah, and that, and that goes for position players. That goes for how guys in the bullpen are used. I mean, I'm sure Andrew Kittredge wants to be out there to get the last three outs of a game and get a save
0: every single game.
2: But guess what? He's also willing to come in. You know, in the in sixth the, inning yeah, in the sixth or the in the seventh, seventh inning yep. because it's more high leverage against a tougher part of the lineup yep. and get those three outs, even though he's foregoing the save, he's yep. foregoing a personal stat. He's doing what's best for the team. Yeah. And and the Rays have 26 in the first month of the season. They'll have 28 of those type of guys. That's why it works. It well, can only work for that buy-in because you look at other teams, you look at some of the closers. You think a role as Chapman wants is going to come in in the seventh inning of a game?
0: No, I don't. Maybe in the
2: playoffs, maybe not. But you know what I mean. that yeah. th- There's that he's got a role. Yeah. In the Rays, there there is no real role. There's it's not and as defined. Ro- yeah. No, it's not as Your defined, role and guys are okay with it.
0: Whatever helps the team win, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. Somebody asked me like, what do you think year after year is going to keep the Rays in it? And that was my answer. The buy-in. Mm-hmm. The fact that all of these guys play for the logo on the front of their jersey instead of the name on the back, and they all buy in. They all buy in. Everyone, all the pitchers. I mean, e- e- think about it. I mean, it's like baseball. It, it's a pretty diverse group of guys out there, right? What do you like, say?
2: Are you are you? You're leading me though. I'm listening to myself talk, which, you know, sometimes I wish I didn't have to. <laughs> I'm listening to you. And it's 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 like the Rays are a cult. It's like they're with the (laughs) buy-in, with the buy-in. The Rays are a
0: cult. No, that's
2: what makes it work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) I mean. They are a, a group of guys that believe in something bigger that than are, themselves, they're, and they're so all
2: like-minded. I mean, think of what but we're describing but they're here.
0: they're not like-minded, though. That's yes, what I'm they are. Like, that's,
2: the, that's where that, the buy-in but that's comes the in. one
0: thing that they're alike in. If you look at everything, <laughs> it, they're very different people. You've yeah. got like, you know, you've got like a, a country guy. You've got like more of like a city guy. You've got, you know, the the Cuban guys. The like, you have a it's a diverse group, diverse yeah. group of guys. That, like, don't – not not even all of them – I mean, G-Man Choi. Like, you have you have people who are not even always speaking the same language that have all bought in yeah. to this one idea. And so, like, I, I think that, that that's more fascinating. The fact that they are pretty different people in a lot of ways, but they have all bought into this one idea that, like, hey, we're going to play for this for, – for, for the Rays. We're going to play f- to win. And sometimes that means that, like – I'm going to get pulled in the sixth inning. And I wanted to face that other batter, but guess what? I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to trust cash and I'm going to trust that he's going to pull me. Or sometimes it means, like, I'm not going to play the place that I wanted to play or what, whatever that looks like. And I think that is the thing that I find most fascinating, um, is that it is a different group of people that still continue to buy in.
2: You know what that speaks to?
0: The front office and cash.
2: C- the culture. Yeah. The culture of the organization. And at this point, it's well established. Yeah. And when guys come in, they fall in line. Yep. They, they, the the communication, by the way, for culture to work, communication has to be number one. Uh You can't have players guessing. No. You can't have players wondering about their role, wondering how they're going to be used. Uh, they need to be communicated with. Once they're communicated with, guys are okay. Yeah. Hey, good news, bad news, you know, I'm not gonna play every day, but I'm gonna be in some, you know, high-leverage situations and I'm gonna be used. And that's okay. Just be honest with me. Yeah. Communicate with me, be open with me, be honest with me. When when you do that, guys will buy into whatever you're asking them to do. And that's what you see. Yeah. And and now that culture has been well established for an awful long time. Yep. And so when players come from a different organization and they come in, they fit right in, they they buy in and off the Rays go.
0: Well, it's like you said, the Rays do a lot of research into the kind of players that they're getting both on the field. Right. And like looking at the statistics and analysis and like looking at what they can do, but also off the field, you know, is this person going to fit into our culture? And a guy that that I, I think has fit in incredibly well is Brett Phillips. He he you know what I mean? He is like he kind of embodies that like raise, you know, spirit yeah. of of, you know, just putting the team before yourself, going out there, doing what you're needing to do
2: and enjoying yourself all the way.
0: Exactly. And especially the enjoying part. Right. Because they do have fun. It's a long season. You have to have fun. But Brett specifically, I wanted to ask you this question. He he cut down on weight a little bit. He's fitter. He's leaner. He worked on his strength. He's been working with you know uh, the hitting coaches. Do you think that he plays a little bit bigger of a role this season um, than he did last season?
2: I think so. I, I I mean I I really think that the the organization loves Brett Phillips. They do. Uh, you know uh, the. Tampa Bay, St. Pete. You know he's a local too. He is local kid, and he comes back with that kind of effervescent energy. I mean, it's just a, a joy to be around, a joy to watch him do his thing. Everybody loves it, right? Yeah. And so, you know, on top of that. Uh, you know, he has shown the, his, his skill set fits very well with what the Rays look for. You think of him, you know, as a defender, as an athlete. Um, he's got the clutch gene, you know, where, where he's had some big hits in some big spots. So he's able to slow down the big moment. That's always, you know, uh, an important attribute. And so now he said, well, how can I get better? You know, I can become a little bit more athletic, try to become more powerful at the same time, try to improve my game to become more valuable with the understanding that my role is probably going to expand here. I found a place that I love. I found an organization that loves me. And I'm going to get a a lot more playing time than maybe I would have somewhere else. And so he's doing everything that he can to make himself a, a better baseball player. And, you know, and that's that's wonderful to see. And I think that I I think what makes the Rays special, and this kind of goes into, you know, when you talk about this season, mm-hmm. I think that obviously getting off to a quick start is paramount, not just for the Rays. I mean, around the game of baseball. Yeah. Because for the first month of the season, uh, and I'll tie this into to Brett Phillips, I know I'm getting a little bit off in, into the weeds, but uh, around the game of baseball, this month of April is going to be played a lot like spring training. You know, pitchers aren't stretched out. Luis Patino, his last, you know, he's in the rotation for the Rays. Uh, And his last tune-up start, what was it, 38 pitches, 40 pitches? Like these guys aren't, some of them aren't stretched out yet. So you're going to get a spring training style of baseball from time to time in the month of April. You know what that means? That means that you're going to lean on your depth. Yep. And that's something that the Rays have a plethora of, especially
0: For, with the expanded roster, like you said.
2: Yes. Yep. So you're going to use all 28 guys. Uh-huh. That's why. You, you, and teams are going to be forced to do that. So who has the depth and can withstand and, you know, and be able to still perform where there's not a lot of, uh, of a drop off or not a big drop off at all? That benefits the Rays. It benefits Brett Phillips. Yeah. Because the Rays lean on their entire roster. Yep. Nobody gets stale. No. Nobody. And I don't care. Let's go May, June. Now it's a 26-man roster. You're all getting used. Yeah. Nobody sits and doesn't play for a length of time. I mean, they, they just don't. They can't. They find a way yeah. to get guys involved, to keep them engaged, to keep – you know, that whatever they bring to the table, to have that out there on, on certain nights and and just to keep them mentally engaged and to keep them feeling part of the team. And now all of a sudden you're more in a rhythm. You understand that you're going to play. There's, you know, there's not going to be many nights that you're just down for the night. So these guys all stay ready to go and they know that they're going to be used and that keeps everybody's spirits up. It keeps everybody sharp. And, yeah, because you, know, you don't know
0: when your name's going to get called. It's, yeah, And exactly. then the system works. There you go. Next up, Brian and I get into the final countdown, but first, a word from IDC.
1: We don't go through brokers or wholesalers. We go straight to the cutters. International Diamond Center owner Keith LeClaire. You cannot get any closer to the source than International Diamond Center. With tremendous buying power and international connections that go back over 35 years, IDC can easily guarantee the best diamond value. We refuse to be beat on any diamond, any price, anywhere. Period? Period. So there you have it. You're going to get a bigger, better diamond. You need another period after that. Period. (laughs) International Diamond Center.
0: Okay, Ba. We're getting into the last four questions. I call oh. this the final countdown. Oh, so, good yeah. song, by
2: the way. You're it a, is a,
0: it is yeah. a great song. Uh, I don't think we can sing it on the podcast because I know I can't. <laughs> you can <laughs> sing it in your head, but uh, I don't think that we have the rights for that song. Um, okay. So first of all, uh, what is your Happy Gilmore esque happy place?
2: Oh wow. Yeah. What is my happy place? Hmm. That I mean, that's an interesting question. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know I mean, so you're, you're talking about a mentally or, or physically I'm I'm there.
0: I mean, I think you can take it either way. Right. Like if there's a real place that you are like after a long day, you're stressed out and then you're like, I'm going to go here and this is going to be like, relax me. Or maybe you're like in the middle of something chaotic and you're like, I'm mentally going to go to this place and this is going to like help maybe like bring me yeah. down a few notches.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Then I would say probably, you know, settling in. I I love ID discovery. Okay. The the true crime. Like, I've never been a, you know, when I read books, you know, a lot of people, they read these novels that are, I mean, people can write some things and have these, these thoughts and, and to be able to weave these stories that are so entertaining. I like stuff that's real. Yeah. I don't like someone's imagination, although that's great. It's that's, cool. I, it's awesome that they're like
0: great for you to think of that. Yes. But I want to know the real I
2: want yes. So I will just settle in. Sometimes it's a little unsettling. Yeah. But, uh, but I like that, yeah, at the end of a long day, just kind of kick back, put on ID discovery and, and watch a and a, learn
0: about how people get true, murdered. Great. Cool. Yeah. I mean like that I helps I said, you sleep. I,
2: I, I'm yeah, it's this is not really easy. I, I don't know. Maybe I don't have a happy place. That doesn't seem. Maybe happy maybe VA. just my, I, yeah. I know. I, I, th- I but that's what I do. I settle in at night and I'll watch that and I'll go to bed. Probably. Do you drink like
0: a glass of wine? Do you have weird dreams?
2: <laughs> I, you know what? I dream a lot. I dream up. And my dreams I have wonder been, why. They've been pretty good, though. They're not like the scary dreams. They're the good dreams that I, a lot of times I'll wake up and I have vivid memory. Like I can remember the dream and it it made sense at the time. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense now, but it wasn't a bad dream. But I think maybe, I mean, all day I try to be happy.
0: Yeah. I mean, my happy you place. You are a happy person. You know what person. I'm going
2: to say? Yeah. My happy place is waking up.
0: Waking up. Yeah.
2: That's just another day. Hey, I got another day. Here we go. And here we go. Here and, we go. I, and I'm going to tell you what. Um, getting to do my first spring training game. Yeah. You know, there was it's been a long wait. I've never gone that long in between broadcasts yeah. from the end of last season because usually I'm doing a spring training game or two in yeah. a normal schedule in March yeah. I guess maybe the pandemic year would have been a little bit longer but that was strange for everybody yeah uh, but yesterday getting back up into the booth was a happy place yeah got you a know, little I, giddy yeah because spring training usually spring training broadcasts
0: it's just so relaxed it's cool it, it's yeah nice.
2: and the, and it's also like you're trying to get back in the rhythm Yeah. Trying to you're trying to feel yourself you know like you just it's like a little dance that you do and you want to yeah. get out there and, and be smooth and ready to go and that first game could sometimes be awkward but last you know that the ball game that I did yesterday when I got into the booth it was like oh yeah let's go like and it felt bike. so comfortable Um, maybe being in the booth is my happy place. Maybe
0: so. I was like expecting like on the beach, like, you know, like a drink in your hands, like, you know, like something like that. But, you know, I'm going watching discovery murder right before he goes to bed,
2: but here's (laughs) here's the other thing I'm, I'm starting to think about like, how do I do? What do I do with my days? You know, the, the workouts, you know, work out is a happy place. Yeah. I guess I could say that, but there's yeah. a lot of hard work that goes into, into it. it. You're sweating. You yeah. want to put some effort into it. I guess that would be a good place. But then I think, okay, running errands, getting dinner ready. Okay, now I'm going to settle in. And like I said, it's either ID discovery or a sporting event.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: But ID discovery, again, maybe the subject matter that I'm watching is probably not the... the but it
0: allows you to maybe turn your brain off in a way. But it does it
2: because you're kind of locked in like this guy's a sicko and yeah. you know you, there's stuff going on up there that maybe I don't want to go to bed right after this. Or then I go, well, if it's a sporting event, well, I'm engaged. I want somebody yeah. to win. So now you're kind of sitting on the edge of your seat. You're too into it. So you I don't calm happy. down that much. Yeah, No. Maybe it's the w- we'll go work out then. work out. This is a, a terrible answer to a very easy question, but I, I think we're going to we're going to circle back and I'm going to go work out.
0: Work out. OK, we final answer. out. Yeah, there we go.
2: Final answer. You workout. kind
0: of answered this I- earlier. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say that because I don't want to give you an out. But if the Tampa Bay Rays were the, the entire team was a person, who would they be?
2: Well, or
0: they how would you describe them? They don't have to, you don't. you don't, they don't, you don't have to say a person, but how would you describe that?
2: I, I would, I would just, if they were a person, they would be one of the most well-rounded individuals, uh, that, that, you know, that, that you could imagine that yeah. can, do, they, they can do a little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, a they, Renaissance man, a re- Mark Wahlberg, oh. boom, Mark wow. Wahlberg, okay. he's got go. some athleticism. Yeah. He can sing, he can act. He can curl cinder blocks with his shirt off back in the day with the Funky Bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Marky Mark. Marky Mark.
0: There we go. Marky Mark. Okay.
2: (laughs) He can, and by the way, and then he can do anything in movies too. Like, not only can he act, but he can play. I mean, so many different types of roles. Versatile, yeah. So versatile. Yeah. Yeah. Not just on. He's also a camera. businessman,
0: does not he? Like, have like a burger. I, I've a had burger his burgers. Spot. Well, yeah.
2: he's got the burger spots. Yeah. But they have now in store. Like, you can go to the supermarket and buy Wahlburgers to put on your grill. Whoa. Marky Mark.
0: Marky Mark and Done. the Funky Bunch. Yes. There we go. I'm
2: happy with that answer.
0: That's a good answer. <laughs> I thought I was wondering if you were going to go back to the Terminator analogy and like talk about like the raises. The oh. Terminator. But not I bad. Like, I like Marky Mark. Not bad, That's but yeah,
2: it, it was different.
0: Okay. Uh, if you were to talk to your younger self uh, mm. and maybe give your younger self, maybe your maybe your like rookie season self. You can either go like baseball or broadcasting. I don't care either one. Your rookie season self some advice. What would that advice be?
2: Wow. Uh, you know it, it would be it would be nice uh, to go back. I, I look at my career and, and you know I got an opportunity to, to play in the big leagues for, for 13 seasons. Uh, yeah. be a part of the playoffs you know 3 4 times 3 t- 4 times one time I had a broken foot so I couldn't play the other three times I was able to two of them led to the world series so I, there was a lot that I got to experience and be a part of and pitch on some pretty big stages and do some outstanding things um you know as a team yeah but there I look back and there's an awful lot <clears throat> that I could have done better um and that that's why I, you know really that's why I don't talk a lot about my career in the booth yeah because there's so much of it that it, it should have been so much better it should have been are you not proud of it, so your career not I don't what well, do I mean when I talk about it usually I I'll tell a funny story yeah um, if they push me on you know maybe pitching in the World Series in 001 with George W Bush throwing out the first pitch and all that I'll tell that story or I tell stories about other people but I don't I kind of stay away from my stuff because it I, I don't know I, I it should have been a lot better than it was and I'd like to go back there when I was young um, and, and a rookie and say, you know, de- I mean, I worked hard, yeah. but I don't think I always worked smart.
1: Mm. I was a
2: hard worker and, yeah. and no one was ever going to outwork me when we were in the weight room. And I'm not saying I'm a big buff. I'm not, but I'm, I'm not saying that in that way, but I was going to be there a little bit longer than you. I was going to work harder. I was going to sweat more. Um, and, 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 you know, anything that we did, I worked extremely hard, but I don't think I always worked smart. Yeah. And I think by not working smart, you know, I cost myself some success, maybe even some longevity. And, you know, so I would go back and say, hey, all of this hard work is great. Let's get a little bit more focused on the little minute details yeah. in playing. And I think that would have that um, helped me. And even yeah. though I did that, <clears throat> excuse me, I look back, I don't think I did it to the level that I was capable of, yeah. You know, a year in and year out, day in and day out, and I think at the end of the day that you know that there's there's some regret there because of that, and it you know that's why I don't often revisit it. I, you know, I just moved down full time Floridian now, yeah, and moved all of my stuff. I never collected memorabilia when I was playing, but my parents, I was grandparents, say your family probably yeah, they did, did. Right? You cannot believe the stuff that I have.
0: To fill a room? Y-
2: rooms. Rooms. It's insane. Like, the, just the bags of jerseys, but the, yeah. the articles, the scrapbooks, all of that stuff that I didn't even know I had. And I was flipping through it, and, and you're, you're just like, I don't even remember some of this stuff. I didn't even know I, I had it. But the point is, is, it's been, I've been out of the game, you know, I started the broadcasting full-time in 2011. My last comeback with the Rays fell short in 2008. Think about it. It's been a while since I've played, and I've never gone through this stuff. Never. Yeah, but never. I'm wondering
0: if you were to go through this stuff, would you, you maybe like change your perspective on yourself? Because everyone else is like, "Oh, BA, like you had you had an incredible career. You did all of no, these things, and you did this all well. Like you should be proud." But you still feel like what I'm hearing from you is that you feel like you maybe you left something on the table.
2: It it, f- it should have been better.
0: Left something on the I'm, field.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, I c- I will never complain about my career. Long you know, 13 years in the big yeah. leagues. I, that's but you the know, average
0: is like what three?
2: Right. And so, yes, a long time, you know, two World Series, lost one of them in, you know, extra innings on the road in a game seven. One, we won the World Series in the bottom of the ninth at home in a game seven. So I've seen both Both ends of the spectrum. I mean, you talk about the most devastating of losses and the most uplifting of wins in the game seven of a World Series. So I've gotten to experience that. There's been a lot of things that I've been a part of that it's it's been incredible. And I've gotten to do some pretty awesome things as far as like some of the, you know, the moments that I got to pitch it. So th- none of that I'll complain about. It just should have been better.
0: Should have been better. It should
2: have, it should have been, it should have been better. And there, there are some, some periods of time that I look back on and I'm like that, that you can't let that happen. You yeah. can't let that happen. So I'd go back and, and smack my younger self around a little bit and say, Hey, d- not one day off. I, yeah. As far as focus on what you what you've got to do, um, you know all the effort was always there, but sometimes the focus was not where it always needed. It's a
0: to long be. season it's easy to go through the motions at yeah times.
2: and and you know what and then there, you know there are some times too that that your life away from the field
0: impacts you yeah. allow beca- to yeah. become a distraction yeah
2: and and that factored into
0: yeah for sure. Wow, I don't think I, that like is that too deep? No, I love it. I love it because I I feel like we don't necessarily see that side of you, and it also reminds me of like you know, this like you know like Wayne Gretzky moment where after he lost the uh, after they lost the Stanley Cup, they they were walking past the room looking and they into the dressing room, they were like looking into the guys that just won. And he thought they were going to be, like, partying and, like, popping champagne and, like, all out, like, oh, my gosh, like, we just won the Stanley Cup. This is incredible. And he looked in there, and they were, like, just, like, exhausted. They were, like, hands on their knees, like, sweating, like, huffing a puff, like, just, and it, like, clicked in his mind. Like, we we didn't give our all. Like, we left some in the tank. And, like, we've got to, like, if we want to win next time, that's what we've got to do we've got to empty the tank and i and i i uh, talk to um athletes and that is something that they they talk about that is something that they talk about so it's interesting to hear from your perspective that that's like you know maybe you maybe it maybe it's not the exact the same like the emptying the tank philosophy but like that focus type thing that you're saying i think that's it's what makes you a good competitor that idea that you there's always something more. There's always yeah, something more to no, give. There There's always something more to achieve. Right? It,
2: yeah, and it's funny that you even asked me that question because I was driving, uh, made my last trip back home to say goodbye to to my older kids and my family before, you know, before the season starts. Yeah. And I was making the drive, you know, and I drive straight through. Yeah. So Cleveland to Tampa, Four, that, fourteen hours. Uh, it's it's if you go down seventy seven, it's sixteen seventeen. Okay. If you go down seventy five, you add an hour. Okay. And that's that's usually the rule of thumb. So it's a long day. Yeah. And I was thinking exactly about about that, about yeah. my career. And I'm like, man, if I've ever asked, you know, and I'm honest, I yeah. have to say that I'm I'm not happy with. I mean, I'm in one respect. I'm happy how it turned out. In another respect, I'm not happy because it should have it should have been better. There were too many stretches, like I said, where, you know, where you just look back and you're like. you know can't let that happen and you can never go back and and And
0: you can't change it my grandfather would always can't change it and you
2: can't even like if if one thing in your career like as a broadcaster let's say when I first started I could look back and say boy I I I need to be better there there and there well I can do that because I'm still broadcasting
0: exactly I can't
2: change anything about
0: it's past The playing career
2: yeah and so that's why I don't talk about it I don't go back there because I don't even want to deal with it wow yeah
0: I'm going to start clipping off articles oh, and sending them yeah. to you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> About half will be good and half won't be good.
0: Oh, man. Well, thank you for sharing that. I sure. think that's a, that, that's really interesting. Okay. Uh, lastly, what is something maybe outside of work, outside of baseball, that has brought you some joy this week?
2: Oh, this week? Yeah. Outside of baseball? Um, well, th- I mean, obviously the excitement of the season getting ready to start h- was great, yeah. but I get a ton of enjoyment in – Really in working out yeah. and then spending time with the kids, yeah, you know, the younger kids. I've got totally. the, the two older kids up in Ohio, you know, a, a, a uh, junior and a freshman at Gilmore Academy in, in Gates Mills, Ohio. There and go. then down here, six and three years old. Yeah. So you talk about well, uh, both ends of the spectrum yeah. as far as kids go. And I think that that's what one thing that I got spoiled with, too, uh, with the pandemic. Yeah. The one silver lining.
0: You could just spend so much time with your family. And
2: not traveling. Yeah. You know, we didn't travel. Mm-hmm. So I got to be with those kids every day yep. for years, a couple yeah. years. Yeah. And that has been the most amazing thing. That's the yeah. one thing that with us traveling again, while it, it'll be nice to get that normalcy of being back out on the road, I'm also kind of dreading it because I'm like, I, I'm never away from these kids. Yeah. You know, and that's going to be different uh so the the joy of getting to spend time with them harper's playing t-ball she loves it pigtails eye black oh, I love she's that. ready to go she's the smallest thing on the field every game we play and quite honestly she might be the best player on yeah. the field in a lot of games we yeah play. she's a little baller she's she's she is fun to watch and she loves playing t-ball um and flag football for that matter which is another whole story the only girl in the league and it's a K through two league uh, running second grade. down
0: everybody else. Well,
2: she's not quite doing that, but she's giving a heck of an effort. Yeah. You know they, she's run, trying to run down these second grade boys. Oh my goodness. And she's an undersized kindergarten girl, the only yeah. girl in the league. We That's played amazing. every team. She was the only girl in the league. But going and watching her do that, playing with little Baker James in the backyard and, and watching him, you know, try to do sporty things, you know, at three years old and, and running around doing stuff, that has been uh boy it's been a blast yeah and and that's not even just last week that, that's the last couple of years yeah that's amazing yeah.
0: that's amazing it really it's cool to, it's cool to watch them grow up and spend a lot of time with them especially those younger years mm-hmm. for
2: sure well, and you know what and this kind of goes back to you know even tying in what we were talking about with with the career as a yeah. player my ex-wife and I and, and we have a wonderful <coughs> wonderful relationship She's babysat the younger ones yeah we're, you know I mean it's so it's we we get along very very well and it's it, like I said it's a great relationship but, but when we got divorced the the older kids were young yeah so I missed a lot of that you know what I mean because yeah. I was still you know playing them the, attempting yeah. to, or or I was down here yeah. you know when I started you know my career down here as Jim Hickey's assistant and then got into the broadcasting so regardless half the year I wasn't around them yeah. and then the other half of the year, I don't have them full-time, you know, we'd, we'd co-parenting. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot that I missed that in the last couple of years with the younger ones, it's like, I've gotten a chance. You know what I mean? I've yeah. gotten a chance at a do-over yeah. and, That's and cool. to be able to be there for that. And, you know, like you're talking about those, y- those younger years. They're so cool. It's, it's beyond, yeah, yeah beyond cool. It's yeah. just fascinating watching them on a daily basis, not on weekends or, you know, a couple of days during the week, but every day their little minds grow. The look curiosity, like Harper now learning how to read, oh, learning yeah. how to put letters together and read her little books. It's it's just fascinating watching those little minds work and getting to spend that time with them. So I've, that's been amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, that's great. I, I know my little one brings me a, a ton of joy. So oh I, yeah, I and
2: you still got a ways to go. Oh my
0: goodness, <laughs> yeah, right. And it's my first yeah. one, so yeah.
2: It, it's you know what's great with them too—the little milestones. Oh, And that's we cool. were talking before yeah. we came, yeah? you know, came on the show, not quite walking yet, Get doing everything but yeah. And then that'll be the first milestone. And then as soon as he starts walking, you will look around your house and say to yourself, how in the world do we not have scars all over our face from falling in? Because they're so unstable. (laughs) They're falling down all the time. When they do run or walk, now they want to walk fast. And you're looking around like everything is a hazard. Everything is a hazard. All of it. And then there's going to be the stairs. Wait till they master the stairs. Yep. I mean, it's one thing after, after the an other, and it's you're going to love it.
0: Well, well, I'm just as excited about seeing that in, in him as I am about Rays Baseball, and that is yes. coming up. So we'll see you uh, in the booth tomorrow.
2: Opening day.
0: Opening day.
2: 3 o'clock. D-Wayne and I will be rocking and rolling, ready to go.
0: I'm sure I'll come and visit you guys. Sure you will. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Of course, it. anytime. Thanks again to Brian Anderson for his time. It was fun chatting with him, and I am so excited for baseball. So be sure to follow me, Kaylee Mizell, and follow at Bally Rays for the latest updates on Rays baseball this season. We've got you covered every out, every inning, every home run. We'll have it there on Bally Sports Sun and our Bally Rays Twitter page. And a special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers today or explore toyota.com and take advantage of the amazing deals on our full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places. That's it for this week on Miked Up with Kaylee Mizell, brought to you by International Diamond Center your local diamond experts since 1981. I'll see you today at Ray's Baseball, and I'll catch you online.